Yeah, it's all right though, man. I gotta ask you: Did you catch any of the Jordan Love stuff? Like, did you catch any of that game? Uh, I didn't actually watch the game. No, I saw like the stats afterward, and I've heard, uh, you know, people talk about it later on. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't actually watch the game. I'm glad I didn't after seeing that score. <laughs> it was something else. I can't lie to you. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking more of. Y'all better do everything y'all can to get Aaron Rodgers back. Like, and I'm not talking about just this season, next year too. Mm-hmm. Is he just how can you put it? All the I haven't played football in almost two years, it kind of showed itself. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Um and then you I saw ever... the flaws. I'm sorry, continue. Oh no, no, you're good. No, but um you saw the flaws in their offensive line as well. I would, like, with Aaron Rodgers behind the center, I can't tell their offensive line needs help. You put Jordan Love back there, their offensive line looked one, look like one of the worst in the league. Yeah, like, on one hand, like you said, like, it's Love's first start since, what, like, two years ago in college? Yeah. So you can't, you can't take this one game to basically define how his career is going to go. But at the same time, like you said, Aaron Rodgers going in there, it looks like a great offensive line. But then Love comes in and it's, you know, like shit. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I messaged you guys when we found out about the Aaron Rodgers news. And I was like, Jordan Love's about to go Matt Flynn on the <laughs> Kansas City defense. I really thought that was going to happen. I thought it was going to come out, throw six touchdowns, whoop Kansas City's ass, and then all of a sudden got some kind of quarterback controversy. But <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty safe right now. And I think he's looking even more smug, like, really? You guys started this whole controversy with me for this dude? So, Yeah. I can see what you mean. It's kind of giving him a little bit more talk. It giving him a little bit more room to talk more shit. Yep. Because if he like he comes back, win a big game, I can see the press conference now. He can be talking about there's so much love in this room. He can be making so many puns <laughs> for <Jordan Love. laughs> Oh man. And I never thought I'd see the day where Jordan Love and and if somebody would have told me Jordan Love was gonna start and go into a duel with. Pat Mahomes, I would have said you're crazy. The crazy thing is, you could say, you know, Pat Mahomes and Jordan Love battled it out, and it ended up being a one-score game. You look at it like, damn, this is going to be a shootout. Jordan Love's going to look good. But nope. (laughs) It just looked bad all around. Yeah, because I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay. Matt LaFleur went out there with Aaron Rodgers against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, no weapons, and ran his way to victory with a little bit, with a couple short passes for touchdowns, with nothing, like a depleted wide receiver core. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure he could put together a plan and be like, okay, Jordan, I know we haven't practiced much, so here's what we're going to do. Hand the ball off, short pass. And I feel like somebody up top said, we got to show Aaron Rodgers 
that this is the guy of the future. I want more pass plays. And yeah, LaFleur said, what? <laughs> yeah, like he threw the ball 34 times. I'm looking at the stats right now. Like, Jordan Love had Devontae Adams out there and Alan Lazard against the weak-ass Chiefs defense. Meanwhile, you contrast that with the week before when uh, Rodgers had to go and fight the Arizona, not fight, uh, play the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night. He didn't have nobody with him, and he still battled it out and won the game. So obviously you can't compare Jordan Love to, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, especially after his first start. So, you know, we got to we got to give him at least a little bit of slack. But, you know, I've been saying this from the beginning. It was a mistake to trade up and draft Jordan Love. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. (laughs) You got Aaron Rodgers on your team. You're sitting there passing on wide receivers. You trade up. It's not like you're in like the third round and a quarterback falls to you. You move up in the first round. You don't take an offensive weapon. You take Jordan Love. That, that's just a boneheaded move. It's not even like a hindsight call where you can say, you know, oh, it's easy to say that now. No, we've been saying that from the jump. You know, it's like that was when, uh, at least when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, that was in the second round. That didn't make sense to me either. At that point, you know, Carson Wentz, still young, and then you go around and draft another quarterback. That doesn't make any sense to me. But when you have an elite quarterback, why? You have a window of opportunity to win multiple Super Bowls. Why would you risk that? Why would you not give him additional weapons? Whether, like, even an edge rusher, cornerback. Like, I know that's not exactly what we were hoping for for Rodgers but that have been better than Jordan Love and you traded up for the man I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for pissing all over the front office <laughs> I don't blame him at all and I just hope he gets out of there I hope Devontae is able to get out too I hope that you know those who were in charge of making those moves they lose their jobs. Just boneheaded moves. Just stupid. Makes no sense. Oh man, I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Packers fan. I'm oh, not a Packers fan. I know you're Aaron Rodgers fan, <laughs> but just for a second, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Foe Podcast. I am your host Matt. You can also call me the Daily Foe, and I'm here alongside. Denver Broncos fan. We're going to just go ahead and make that clear now. He's a Denver Broncos fan. This is Josh, the real Josh H. Josh, say hello to the people. <laughs> hello to the people. <laughs> oh, man. Every week we just come and we talk football. This week we're actually going to talk a little AEW for wrestling fans. But what you just heard was, like, Josh, you seem, you, you seem kind of upset. Like, like you had a lot on your chest right there. Fuck yeah, I'm upset. I've been saying this shit for years. <laughs> like, there, I honestly don't think there's a situation in the league that gets me more amped up. That's not my football team. Like, you have, I would kill for Aaron Rodgers, man. 
And, you know, at this point, we talked about this last week. The Broncos are in rebuild mode. So I don't know if Rodgers would be the best fit at this point because it looks like we're trying to start over. Despite winning a fucking game after we go into rebuild mode, what the hell is that about? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has been treated unfairly. Tom Brady gets all this, all the accolades. He has all the most amazing coaching, you know, front office moves, whatever. Aaron Rodgers gets shit. He gets this that we just talked about. And he gets shitted on on top of that. Like, come on, man. Give Aaron Rodgers more input or get him out. That's nice. <laughs> I've never I've never heard you speak this passionately about this. Like, this game was I'm... the breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even, I don't care that, I don't I care for Jordan Love either way. Uh, I'm not, like, happy that he played poorly, but I'm just agitated whenever I think of this situation. I'm literally sweating right now because I'm so amped up talking about this shit. Rodgers deserves better. Free A-Rod. Oh, go ahead and create the hashtag, man. Yes, hashtag free A-Rod. Hashtag free A-Rod. You gonna come back every week and say it? Absolutely. Unfortunately, um, it probably won't happen until the offseason. I know. I get it, though, because, you know, last year we, we had all these conversations and these debates when it came to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. So trust me, I get your stance when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I see everything that you see. Like, he does deserve better. And if this game, like, I feel like for him, I feel like he was sitting at home laughing at this game because it felt weird. Like, you got like they can't stop the run. Why are we not running the ball? Why Aaron Jones only got twelve touches? Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to prove that this is the guy? Like, come on, man. And you could tell he was nervous. I saw him kept breathing heavy, all that. And then Palms like are sweaty. Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, <clears throat> I'll give him credit. You know, he played. He had a couple drives or a couple passes that looked good. That touchdown drive looked good, but you know that was towards the end of the game. And even then, I'm still like, oh, man, y'all got to do whatever you can. Because I remember, I, I think I told you this at the beginning, after the after uh, the Super Bowl, like towards July, June, June, July-ish, I felt like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, some way, somehow, if he, wherever he goes, Adams may follow. Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on where he goes. Like, what gets, what gets me, like, sorry to go back to the Broncos again, but what gets me is we were apparently really close to pulling off a trade for Rodgers. We were real close to getting Rodgers on our team. And instead, this alternate reality goes on. And he's sitting there watching Jordan Love make a mockery of the Green Bay Packers. Like you have Devontae Adams out there and Alan Lazard. What the fuck, man? Right, you can't beat this Chiefs defense, who's literally the worst in the league. Pat Mahomes has been struggling. The Chiefs haven't looked like themselves. And then you let them beat you. 13, what was it, 13-7? to seven? Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, it, just, man. it just doesn't make no sense. And... Sorry, I'm 
like I said, I didn't actually watch the game, so I'm looking at the box score. You didn't score until the fourth quarter. You were held scoreless for three quarters. Come on, man. If you want to give a moral victory, we can say the Green Bay Packers defense played well. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That has nothing to do with Jordan Love. Jordan Love <laughs> couldn't take advantage of it. So, that like, in the lot, end, that it? was... Right? In the end, that was kind of a moot point. That reminds me of the Rams-Patriots. You literally hold Tom Brady to 13 points, and you can't win the Super Bowl with this high-scoring offense, number one in the league. Like, what? I understand Jordan Love running the Packers is different from Jared Goff and that high-scoring Rams offense. But in the end, it's the same result. I don't know, man. It's just... Hashtag free A-Rod. It's all right, man. We're going to leave this topic off at that. Um, before we go into one of our bigger topics, which is the four pillars, and I ain't going to tell you how much I sweat it picking these pillars, but um, like, like I, I sweat it, dude. It, it's, it's too many. It is way too many guys. Pause. I, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like there was a pause moment, so I had to say it. I, I got to ask you, even though... I feel like there's a small a small importance on this, but Odell Beckham, Seattle Seahawks, what you thinking? Um, I think that's a good move for Seattle. Like the the Seahawks right now are one of those teams that are on the outside looking in, but they still have a chance. They got Russ coming back. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers was to be back this week, depending on if he passes the COVID test or not. But, you know, you got Russ coming back. You still got DK and Tyler Lockett. And if you add Odell and as a third receiver, I mean, sure, it could bust. You know, he could end up just being another dud at, an, at another location. But if it ends up working out, this offense is going to be nasty. As long as they r- let Russ cook. That's what I'm saying. Seattle, if if this all works out with them, and then Odell is able to thrive, getting you know less uh, less defensive focus. Seahawks could make a run; they could end up coming back and stealing one of those last wild card spots. Especially seeing Minnesota lose again, seeing the Saints get upset by the Falcons. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Boy, you know, I was having a debate with my uncle. About you, you brought you had to bring up the Falcons win. <laughs> like it's not really even about the win for me. Like I can't even ignore that you gave up that you uh you gave up twenty two points in the fourth quarter, and then Matty Ice still put the game on ice. Like he sticks to that name, bro. He he gonna put it on ice either a good or a bad way. He sticks to that name. But ooh man, I was hoping that you wouldn't say that about the Seattle Seahawks. But then I have to remember they got Russ. And they got to let Russ cook. It's just... <sighs> I feel like this is the last year we're going to see this man there. It's either him or Pete Carroll. This can't stand. Y'all are too good of an offense to be this bad of a team because y'all can't figure out how to fix the old line and fix the goddamn defense. And I blame Pete Carroll for that, honestly. Dude, if it comes down to Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll... I hope they're smart. If if they choose Pete Carroll, that's going to be, you know, I'm going to put them on the Green Bay Packers level of just idiotic 
stupid ass decisions. Russell Wilson won't turn. He turns 32 in a few weeks. Or I'm sorry, 33 in a few weeks. We've seen Tom Brady play. He's what, 44? Yeah. We've seen him play for fucking ages. Russell seems like the kind of guy who's. If he wants to, he'll definitely play until, you know, 39, 38. So you got plenty of years left. Why the hell would you choose to keep Pete Carroll, Mr. Gumsmacker, over Russell Wilson? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I I sound like, I feel like I'm repeating the conversation we just had about Rodgers. Why would you, <laughs> why would you? Why would you do anything to mess up what you have with your franchise quarterback? Again, as a Broncos fan, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I would love to have either of these guys. It seems like they're spoiled. It seems like they're like, oh, we'll just find another quarterback. No big deal. Look, we got Geno Smith. And are you fucking kidding me? You have Russell Wilson. You keep Russell Wilson in there. You add OBJ. You let him cook. Why would you have, why would you purposely keep and pay these great receivers with an all-time, I, I guess we could say all-time great quarterback and have them throw the ball like, you know, 24, 25 times a game because we got to, we got to run the rock and play defense like the old school, you know, the old school football mindset. Fuck that. Seattle, the way that they're built, they're meant to throw the football. Let Russell Wilson go. Let him do his thing and just sit back, relax, and enjoy the playoffs. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's like a part of me feels, well, not even a part of me. I'm trying to figure out why is Pete Carroll not on the chopping block yet? I would have I kind of got him out of here by now. Yeah, like not only. Not only have they been struggling the last couple of years, but you still got to keep going back to that Super Bowl. The, the decision to throw instead of just take the easy, take the, the run that's right in front of you. Because, you know, supposedly they didn't want Marshawn Lynch to get MVP. Man, I don't care who the MVP is. You can give MVP to my punter. If we win the Super Bowl, I'm taking that ring. Exactly. That's like, that's like being in a, in a match. And you have the guy down and out, and you're like, nah, you pull. No, nah, I got it. WrestleMania 19, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. You have the man down and out with an F5. Instead of taking the win right there, you go for the shooting star press. You almost, break your damn, you almost break your damn neck. He still got the win, but the point is, you had the victory right in front of you. You didn't need to go off and do anything extra. But. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Pete Carroll doesn't need. Pete Carroll should be on the hot seat. Russell Wilson should be locked in as a franchise quarterback for the next six years. But for some reason, people, people in the front office think they're smarter than they actually are. You take what's in front of you. Isn't that isn't that like the what like analysts say or whatever? You take what the defense gives you. Yeah. Dude, it's right there. People, they're overlooking, overlooking what you need to do. You have your quarterback. Don't change that. 
Okay, you you just coming very passionate today, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's all right, dog. It's it's okay. I'm loving the energy. It's all right. We we we're gonna leave this off at that, but ooh, like just just two things right there. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. You're an advocate for both of them. Not their teams, but both of them. Yeah, I'm just jealous that we don't have a quarterback. <laughs> Your time is coming, man. You just I have hope to wait. So. You know, you just gotta wait till the <laughs> the off season. Because you know, I I was banking on you guys getting Aaron Rodgers. Because this man said I have no problem playing Pat Mahomes twice a year. I'm like, let's go. Right. Like, <laughs> I was ready to make that bet with Jason. If Aaron Rodgers comes to Denver, I bet that we win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like Von Miller, he'll still be there. Oh, for sure. For sure. I See, I feel like if Rodgers was there, or if Russ was there, there will be a whole different energy in the locker room. Everybody will be, you know, on focus. They say, this is our shot to win the Super Bowl. The defense will be no bullshit. You know, get our job done. Von Miller will be even more motivated. Miller's the guy that, you know, he's going to motivate himself and people around him. But with Rodgers there, like, that's going to be even more. So, I don't know. Just alternate realities, man. It's all right, man. <clears throat> all right, next up, the four pillars. We hijacked this this idea from MJF and, you know, the four pillars, the four building blocks of AEW. Then the other day, I found out about the original four pillars from All Japan Pro Wrestling, so I have to hunt down footage now. But, Josh, I don't know if this was... I, don't, I feel like this wasn't a headache for you. For me, this was a headache. Well, I mean, I was deciding between a few people. You know, the the way you described it, it seems like you had a little more stress than I did. But we didn't... I, I messaged you, and I was like, you know, I think we might have some of the same guys, but we didn't share them with each other, so we might have some of the same guys on this list. I don't think so, because I'm kind of like, I decided to go all offense. Oh, okay. I have yeah. one defensive player. I thought about that. My list is a little bit biased. I will not lie. But these four men, I feel like, are are the building blocks. Okay, I think we do have a couple of the same players then. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I can't lie. I'll go ahead and get my anxiety out the way. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm an eye tester. I don't know if you notice about me. That's why certain things I'll tell you, I, I can see it. I see it. Like these players show you things that stats won't. I've always been that way though. I remember when the Clippers, just basketball, but when the Clippers were. Lob City. They were just throwing alley-oops all over the place, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, this team is great. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm a Clippers fan. I'm sitting over here like, okay, we haven't played from behind, so I don't know how we're going to handle that or how that's going to affect our confidence. And how are we going to handle losing? And it turns out they couldn't handle neither one of those things. So I was like, oh, damn. We're not getting anywhere. Because we can't. We can't handle losing. We don't know how to. We don't know how to keep our keep our structure when we're behind, and it's hard for them to bounce back because you know how it gets when a person is so used to winning their whole life. Look at Cam Newton. He never lost a game. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Never lost the game. Next thing you know, welcome to the NFL, buddy. Thought you were gonna come here and go undefeated? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> You're on the Jaguars, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna learn real quick. <laughs> uh all right. <clears throat> so like I said, my list is a little bit biased, but out of respect, I know there's a lot of pillars out here. I can give a whole, you know, honorable mentions list that would be longer than these pillars. I'm starting to think of like Rome or some shit because this is crazy. We are in the most athletic time and the greatest time of, I feel like, all sports. You got a lot of teams that are set at quarterback, set at running back, set at, you know, wide receiver, whether it's like they're established now or if it's like for the future. It's a weird time, but I love it. All right, buddy. First on my list is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And honestly, I see him as the transcender. He changed the game. Well, the Chiefs changed the game because I was I was really about to put that whole team down there because <laughs> I feel like they had the Golden State Warriors effect on the league. They caught everybody by surprise, and they were just airing it out all the time. And look where we are now. Everybody was like, okay, so we just got to match fire with fire. Everybody went out and got receivers that can create space, that can beat you over the top. It's like everybody kind of like shaped and mold their offenses after Kansas City's, but in a different way. You know, Cleveland could have been better than them if, you know, everything came together. Plus, you got that dangerous running back. You got Nick Chubbs back there. <clears throat> but... He has something that a lot of them don't have, and it's that pass, man. He throws the football like a baseball. You've seen the crazy-ass pictures. He can have his own Jordan logo in the next five years of him throwing that pass in the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. And I remember, I think you was like, imagine if he would have completed that. Yeah, right? Like, people talk about it so much for the incompletion, how on the point it was. But, yeah, if he had completed that, that would have been even crazier. Yeah, he out here doing no-look passes. And I feel like he tries to find ways to throw the ball in different <laughs> he tries to find ways to be different sometimes. And it it leads to these these turnovers. Like he's always throwing these jump passes and everything. But nobody can throw the ball like he can. He slings that thing like a baseball. Yeah, yeah he really does. That. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's just magnificent. We won't see that again. My second one is gonna be the guy that's gonna kick his ass for the rest of his career. It's Justin Herbert. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Justin Herbert. We, you know how I feel. I say Patrick Mahomes is going to be the GOAT. Mainly the media makes me feel that way because they're going to shape and mold him. Just pay attention to the things they say and how they talk about him. It's crazy how he had three quarters, and I'm sitting here like, I never thought I'll see the day where this man throws 166 yards. And that's for the whole game on 40 passes. I thought I'd never see that day. But, you know, he played like crap. And because they won the game, everybody was like, oh, yeah, he played excellent. Well, you got to be fucking kidding me. He did not. But, you know, the media is going to try to make him the GOAT. I feel like he has potential to be, but everybody's catching up to him. And my boy Justin Herbert, he's the prodigy. He had the greatest rookie season ever. I don't know what's going on with the Chargers right now. It's Kind of funny how last year he had a good connection with Keenan Allen, and this year Mike Williams is stepping up, and it's like his connection with Keenan Allen kind of took a step back. 
Mm-hmm. It's all weird. But he's going to be that guy who's going to whoop Patrick Mahomes' ass for his entire career and never get the credit. I, mean, I can nah, see him I can... winning a couple of Super Bowls, too. And as much as I hate to say it, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, I know in that draft class, Herbert was one of the guys where I was like, mm, you know, high first round pick. I think that might be a little too high. He, he might be overrated. I don't know if he's going to perform as well as everyone thinks he will. But damn, he proved me wrong real quick. <clears throat> yeah, he already got a winning record over Mahomes. Like, this guy has no fear of him. I don't know what. I forgot what Patrick said this offseason. But I'm sitting here like, man, you shouldn't have said shit, dude. This guy is coming for you. <laughs> like, this guy is coming for you. You can throw that shit like a baseball, but this man has no problem throwing 300 yards a game. He'll throw it for, I feel like one season, he may throw it for every single fucking game. He has no problem doing that. Yeah, he and, can run, too. Oh, yeah, that's for, that's a forgotten thing. We're so used to seeing him throw the ball, we forget he can run. But yeah, Herbert... He's going to be that guy, and it's only because Patrick Mahomes is in the same division as him that he's going to have to live in that shadow. But when the day, when the when it's all said and done, I feel like just the Herbert stats and everything is going to be better. They're going to have a debate. That's going to be your new debate right there, like that Brady and Manning situation. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the new debate right there. Who's better between Mahomes and Herbert? And Herbert, I feel like, is going to kick his ass He's going to be his arch rival for his entire career. I can see that. Just a much more exciting version of the whole Big Ben, Joe Flacco rivalry. Yeah. And, uh, Wait, Ben Ben and Joe Flacco had a rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they had a rivalry? True, true. It was just, they were just there. It was their defenses carrying it. It was Ed Reed versus Palomalu. There we go. That's, not, that, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, third one, and I told you, I'm sorry, this seems very biased. I promise you all four of them are not quarterbacks. But my third one, it's Lamar Jackson. Huh. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him. We're going to miss him when he's gone. Like, all the critics who tried to make him be a wide receiver or thought that, oh, he can't throw the ball. I still believe what I believe and I saw in Louisville. I feel like he's Brady with wheels. And he's under, he's like only 25, I believe. He just turned 25. But he's young. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. He's admitted that he loves throwing the football more than running the ball. And the fact that he knows that nobody can stop him is crazy. So he's video game. He's somebody I would go and create in Madden if I ever felt like playing it. Like dead ass. When it's all said and done, he's going to have, he's going to be probably top 10 in total yards in passing and rushing. He's already on pace to break Deshaun Watson's record of 4,500 yards with a, what is it? Watson had 4,500 yards with, I believe, 440 rushing yards. That was the most by a quarterback. To have, like, 4,500 yards and rushing yards, that was the most by a quarterback in history. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's on pace to have 4,600 and 1,200 rushing yards. He's going to beat, the, he's going to tear that apart. Only quarterback oh, yeah. in history to have 2,000 passing yards. The 600 rushing yards in the first eight games. The critics yeah, need to go ahead and shatter it. Yeah, critics need to leave him alone. He's going to change the game. He's going to change the game in a way they don't want the they don't want the game to change. 
I don't like to get into the whole racial thing. Unfortunately, it's there. We can go back and look at all the Russian quarterbacks in history. They don't want that, but it's already here. Everybody's doing it now. Everybody has that ability to run and throw, but he's going to open that door to where the league won't be so against rushing quarterbacks. They're going to actually welcome it just a little bit more because nobody can stop this man, especially if he gets better completion percentage. He stayed at a steady 65, which isn't bad for his entire career. But if he starts bumping off and have 67, 68 per completion percentage, and he starts putting up 4,000 yards every year with 1,000 yards on the ground, we're never going to see this shit again. Oh, no, nah, he really is like, I imagine it's like you were, you were saying like a Madden character. Like if you want to play as Michael Vick, but, you know, if playing as a lefty just feels a little weird to you. Mm-hmm. If you just change him to righty, you just made Lamar Jackson. Yep. But I've, I've always, I know I really don't talk a lot about him. I'm a big fan of a lot of players in the league, but I can't just, you know, talk about everybody. You know, I can shine a little bit of light, but I love Lamar Jackson. And, you know, the critics always been on him, but he's a game changer, man. We're never going to see this again. He's going to be the best rushing quarterback, the best dual threat quarterback to ever play this game. That's yeah, just my I agree. opinion. And this one is my most controversial one. Kyle Pitts. I knew it. You knew how the hell? I'm not blowing smoke up you either, dog. <laughs> I'll just hope you know that. I'm not blowing smoke. I could have picked Justin Jefferson. I wish Devontae Adams was like 26. <laughs> I wish he was <laughs> that I would wish he was 26, man. Like I don't, I don't know. It's just like this year I've been watching a lot of the Packers games. And then also I like to think like, damn, what if the Packers was on hard knocks with all this shit going on? It would have been a better season. It would have been like a better season of hard knocks if they would have had the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and all this shit. But Devontae Adams is a monster, man. Like him and Jordan Love won't work, though. They won't work at all. We saw that. But Kyle Pitts. He's the prodigy, man. He's the unicorn. I don't know what more to say about this guy. I know it's just one season, but when it's all said and done, he's going to shatter some records. He's going to probably be the highest paid tight end of all time. He's going to change the game. People going to stop questioning shit we pay tight ends, and it's going to be because of Kyle Pitts. No offense to Travis Kelsey and all of them, but Kyle Pitts, I feel like, is more athletic. He can do more with Kyle Pitts. I can put him on the outside. I can have him play tight end. Hell, this man might decide I want to be a slot receiver one day. Strong-ass hands. You can't stop him. But he's going to change the game, man. He's going to give tight ends the respect they deserve. They should have already been getting. But that's my four pillars right there. Lamar Jackson, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Okay. That's I a feel nice like list, I dude. need to build more. <laughs> I feel like I need to go into construction so I can give credit to all sorts <laughs> of more pillars because I had Jonathan <laughs> Taylor and a couple other names on my list, man. Yeah, we. I thought we were going to have more in common, but we only had one. So that was a that was a pretty big surprise. Oh, no, I kind of figured. You're, you're, the way you look at sports and the way I look at sports, it's a tale of two cities. So I kind of figured. I'm, I'm really interested in your list. Yeah, before I start, I just got a notification that apparently Frank Gore is going to box. Don't talk to me about that, man. 
Don't talk to me about that. Is that he about to fight? Who he who he fighting? Oh shit, I just had it. It was um Don't tell me D Will. Don't tell me Darren Williams. Please don't tell me. It was uh somebody it said an ex uh ex NBA star. Oh, it's Darren Williams. Oh my god. Darren Williams and Frank. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like match. It was like Duran something. Yeah. D Will. Like they're gonna have a man. Do you know what this means, Josh? I don't know what this means. What's going on? This is the debate ender. You know how NFL players feel about the NBA? They feel like they soft. This is the debate ender right here. We get the boxing match. <laughs> oh man. Unfortunately, I don't think it's gonna be that good, but this is the this right here will settle the debate. Who's tougher? NBA players or NFL players? Oh man, that's crazy. Um, let me pull up. All right, so basically, I didn't want to. I wanted you know some kind of restriction on this list because I didn't want to just have four quarterbacks. Because if you just say, you know, the four pillars of the NFL moving forward, they're probably going to be quarterbacks. Um, so I limited. I made it limited to uh, one one quarterback, and I had that man was Josh Allen. Ooh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Coming from yeah, I would never have thought. Can you re- wait? Can you repeat that for me? I need <laughs> to hear this again. Wait a minute. Who's your first? <clears throat> My first pillar is Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. Well, I'm glad I'm sitting down already because if I was standing, I would have fainted. Oh my god. You know, it's it's really, really bad timing considering they just got beat by the Jaguars. <laughs> oh man. Oh. And he threw two picks in that game. But pretty much Josh Allen is what Cam Newton was. You know, just a big body quarterback with a freaking missile foreign arm. He could run. And he's gotten a hell of a lot better with his accuracy. I'll definitely give him that. Uh, you know, he was in the MVP. I think he finished second for MVP last year behind Aaron Rodgers. This man, this man is your quarterback. He's your goal line back. He's pretty much your offensive playmaker, number one. You know, obviously, I like Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders, but Allen is leading this Bills team. And considering how the AFC East is looking, you know, with you know, the Jets being the Jets. Dolphins don't look like they believe in Tua. Mac Jones looks like he can be good. But it definitely looks like Josh Allen's going to have the AFC East on lock, just like Tom Brady has for those past 20 years. So I definitely expect to see Allen in those battles with guys like Mahomes and Herbert in the playoffs for years to come. And I definitely expect at least at least one or two Super Bowls. So Josh Allen is my first pillar. My second pillar, you you mentioned his name in passing. I thought for sure, I thought for sure he was going to be on your list. But I got your boy, JT. Running back Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. That's respect. That's respect, man. He He's one of my honorable mentions. He was one of the people I was thinking about. Yeah, man, this guy is a madman. Like, he can do everything with the football. The only thing he really can't do is 
pull a Derrick Henry and, you know, stiff arm guys into outer space. But other than that, he's fast. He can catch. He can block. He can run up the middle. He can run outside. And he's he's obviously in his what second year. So he's yeah, he's young as shit. Jonathan Taylor is going to be especially behind this offensive line behind Quentin Nelson for his career. And I don't know about he might not break records, but JT is going to be one of the best running backs in the league for a very long time. He's already a top running back in fantasy, so definitely a good start. My third pillar, the one man we had in common, Kyle Pitts. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Oh. I gotta, dude, I got to give him respect for it, dude. He's he's literally a wide receiver pretending to be a tight end. He plays a lot of his a lot of his snaps as a wide receiver. So I think he's going to be basically a much better version of Jimmy Graham. Remember when uh, he was being used with the Saints and they tried to re-sign him as a tight end? He's like, nah, 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 nah. I want that wide receiver money. Yeah. I could definitely see something similar with Kyle Pitts. Hopefully, after Matt Ryan goes, the Falcons are able to get a good quarterback. So, you know, there's no, there's no hiccup in Pitts' career production from year to year. But... I mean, even if they have a sorry quarterback, Pitts is going to be one of those guys that you look for when you're in danger. You can't really find anybody else, or he's, you know, he's your number one read or the hot read. Pitts is going to catch that ball. He's a big ass dude, and he's very fast. So whether he's at tight end, outside, or in the slot, he's going to be reliable. He's going to be able to catch that football. He's going to make some moves. I definitely look at Kyle Pitts as, you know, I don't think he's going to be necessarily as good as Kelsey when his career is all said and done. But you're always going to have that asterisk of Kelsey played with Mahomes for so and so many years. So, of course, he had all that. And he always had Tyree Kill taking the taking the pressure away. So. uh, There's going to be an asterisk there, but Pitts is definitely going to be a great tight end by the time his career is over. My fourth uh, pillar and my only defensive player is the Cleveland Browns edge rusher, Miles Garrett. Uh, that was another mention for me. We got 12, almost 13 sacks this year already. He's got 12 sacks. He already leads, leads the league with, uh, with sacks there. He's only 25, so he's like right on the border of qualifying for this list. But in his first four years... Three of those seasons had double-digit sacks. And now, of course, this one, too. But, you know, his his quote-unquote worst season was his rookie year. He had seven. He had seven as a rookie. And then just went off from there. And 2019, I'm looking at 2019, he only played 10 games. And he got 10 sacks. Like, come on. This dude is a monster. He is leading this Browns defense. They're not really talked about as a great unit as a whole. But there'll be so much worse without a guy like Miles Garrett getting after that quarterback. Like like we just said, he has 12 sacks already. We're only a week 10. This guy is going to finish with. I'm thinking he'll finish with 20 sacks. Oh, yeah, I'm banking on it. Yeah, I believe the record is 22 and a half by Strahan. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's another record that's, you know, it's possible. Miles Garrett could break it this year. He's not really talked about. I mean, he is talked about, but he's not really mentioned when it comes to, you know, the future of the league because, all, like I said, all the focus goes to quarterbacks. But, you know, for every, for every great quarterback, you need a great edge rusher to get after him. Miles Garrett, best of the best. Okay. I like this list right there. All right. Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts, and Miles Garrett. Yeah, I thought for sure we'd have JT and Kyle Pitts in common. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. No, I was I was debating on I was debating on JT. As I said, I can make several. I can make one for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, defensive players. It's so many good players now. It's too many to keep up with. I can't I can't lie. For some reason, I thought Tavon Diggs would have made it to your list. You know, I thought about it, but I was like, you know what? Miles Garrett's proven it for what? This is his fifth year. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs has been balling out for sure, but this is only his second season. So maybe if we revisit this next year, maybe he'll be on the list. But until then, we'll just we'll stick with Miles Garrett. Okay. It would be a cool thing. We can make this a yearly thing because opinions change and they get older. Yeah, we can do that. We could go back and look at last year's list and then compare and contrast. Absolutely. Uh, All right, Josh, we're going to move on to the next topic. Best of the buys. Got four teams this week. Yeah. um, Do you want me to start? Where do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first on this one. All right. Four teams. Just so I can make sure I'm correct. It was it was a Bengals, Giants, Bears, Texans. All right. So I'm going to go from the bottom. My number four is going to be Houston Texans because they're the Texans. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Spot on. Just spot on. You're just the Texans. Number three, Chicago Bears. Uh, They tried. They they tried to come back against Big Ben, but Big Ben had one of those moments like, you left me too much time on the clock. I'm going to go ahead and just win this game. And Justin Fields had one of his better games. So they're going to be number three. Number two is going to be Cincinnati. I can't make them my number one because they lost two straight. I can't. Spicy. Because here's the thing. I was sitting here and I'm like, Cleveland released Odell one day, play Cincinnati, and put up 41 on a, you can say, top 10 team at the time. Yeah, put up 41. And their defense is still top 10. At least Odell put up 41 on the division rival, and now they've lost two straight. I can't make you my number one. So my number one had to be the Giants. Mm. I mean, at least they got a win. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least they got a win. I'm sorry. I, I, I just couldn't do it to myself to put Cincinnati number one. They, they've lost two games in a row. I don't know if you're trending backwards. It feels like it just a little bit, but I, we got to wait and see. <laughs> Maybe a week off will change everything. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really see that one coming. 
Uh, my my rankings were Houston Texans at number four because, like you said, they're the Texans. They're in the fight for the 101 in next year's draft. Number three, I also have Chicago. Like I, I just don't think we've seen enough of Justin Fields yet to really, you know, make a call whether or not that was a good or bad decision. It's it's still his rookie year, so you know we gotta give him more time to develop. It's just. I have a secret hatred for the Bears for what they've been doing to our boy Robinson. So they're they're sitting at number three. I got the Giants at number two. We've seen the Giants, you know, play teams close. So we we know we know they still have some fight in them. But overall, they're still a bad team. They're three and six. They're not going anywhere. And I still, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't see Jones as their franchise quarterback. I honestly don't know why they haven't really, you know, they should be scouting quarterbacks in the draft this year. I know no one really stands out for, at least for most people, but you know, you got to move on from Daniel Jones. Try to trade him or something. Uh, my number one is the Bengals. Like you say, they lost two in a row, but they're still a good team. They're not, they're not elite, an elite team anymore. But come on, they're the Bengals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been killing it. <clears throat> uh, the Bengals won. Let's see. They won four of their last five before this two-game losing streak. So, I, I see what you mean. They lost to the Jets, and then they got whooped by the Browns. But they're coming off the bye week, and next week they're facing the Raiders, and then they have the Steelers. So, they, they could go 1-1, one and one, but I definitely think they're going to go 2-0 and oh after that. And all of a sudden, they're going to be right back in it in the uh, AFC picture. It's just crazy how some of these divisions are so close. Like a sec, last week, the Bengals were sitting there on top of the AFC. Or no, was it two weeks ago? And now all of a sudden, they're at the bottom of their division at five and four. It's just crazy how that works. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, right, I so, <laughs> some divisions like the AFC North, the AFC West, Denver's sitting at the bottom and they're five and four. I, I can't fucking believe we're five and four, but yeah, some of these divisions are crazy. Just like it's it's all about the timing. It's all about the timing. It's all about beating the right teams. So I got the Bengals number one. They're still a playoff uh, playoff team. In my eyes, they're not, you know, number one seed in the AFC kind of team, but they're still a good one. Yeah, I can't believe that right now if the playoffs were to start, the Falcons would be in the playoffs. Hold that thought. I have a question about that a little later. Yeah, I I, I can't believe that. I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy schmackles. Then Matty Ice is being Matty Ice. People need to calm down with that whole MVP MVP voting shit. Like, wait a minute now. We're, <laughs> we're still 4-4. Four and four. Right, before hold off on that. Before you know it, you're gonna mention Super Bowl, Super Bowl with the Falcons around your uncle again. Oh no, I don't want him to die. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> All right. 
finally, AEW Full Gear. It's actually a pretty good card. It's a very good card. I know you was, I know me and you was talking, and we was talking about uh, Malachi is not on the card, but, you know, they might, they might try to throw something in. Yeah, I hope so, man. Malachi is, I think he's my favorite. I want to say he's my favorite wrestler in AEW. It's between him and Punk, but yeah, there, there are some great, some great talent there. Malachi needs to be on the card. Yeah, but like you said, you know the way they're using him is is good. Like letting him pop up whenever he wants to. Like he's kind of picking, he's picking his opponents, and I like his selections. And I'm waiting for the House of Black, just like you are, dude. I can't wait. the The way that he, the way that he comes in and he, like you said, like picks his spots. That reminds me of how WWE was using the Fiend. Back when they were actually using him right. Yeah. You know, you would have like you would have like some sort of legend or someone in the ring talking, and all of a sudden the lights would go out and he would attack. And then he would just disappear and it's like, oh shit. Before they, you know, ruined him. But yeah, it's just a really like I want to see more of him. It's one of those double-edged swords. I want to see more of him. But also in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope. You know, we don't see too much of him, and it kind of ruins the whole mystique. True. We'll see how everything works out. But we're going to do some match predictions, flow through some of these matches. I, I can't lie to you. I don't know if you actually... Um, I, No, I'm not even going to say that. I got a couple shockers for you. I feel a few upsets coming. Okay. Yeah, I feel a few upsets coming. Like, I wouldn't mind being wrong, but also if this shit was to happen, I feel like it would create that moment, that that little shocking, take the breath out the arena type situation. Okay. I think yeah. I know one of them, but... You're always trying to figure me out. You think you know me. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't WWE, bro. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. <laughs> I, I, like, I do like when uh, Kenny Omega dropped that to Christian that one week. <laughs> oh, you think you know me? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> They're having too much fun out there. All right, Josh. I'm going to call out the matches for you. I got the whole list right here. I actually pulled the list up myself. There's, uh, there's a match on here that I'm super excited for. But for some reason, when you asked me, for some reason, it just didn't pop into my mind right away. But yeah, it's definitely one that I'm most hyped for. Okay. Let's start <clears throat> with Million, yeah, Minneapolis. Street fight, Inner Circle versus Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and American Top Team. Who you got? I got the Inner Circle. Um, I feel like that, that's one of the matches where I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not that invested in it, honestly. Yeah, I understand. But I could definitely see, um, uh, you know, Jericho's team basically just getting the win here. I honestly don't have too much to say on this one. I can't lie to you. I kind of, I feel like Inner Circle needs to, they need a, a whole facelift. It's weird of Jer- It's kind of weird with Jericho still being the focal point of the group when Guevara is your champion. He's your only champion in the group. I feel like it's time to kind of put him to the forefront, make him like the new leader, go another direction. I agree. Sammy Guevara is, uh, he's great. I think he should be, like you said, on his own. 
doing his own thing. Yeah, like it, it's not it's not working for me no more. Proud and powerful is being held back. Uh, Jake Hager is the only one that's actually playing his part. Like, you know, Sammy Guevara feels like he he either needs to be on his own or be at the be at the front. Like Jericho kind of backing him up and mentoring him instead of still being at the forefront of inner circle. Yeah, I can see that. I'm like, cause I'm a big fan of Sammy. What what kind of annoys me? Like I'm not, I'm just not really into it. It's when Jr. always says Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. It feels like, it feels like they're trying to grab that magic of Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, and it's just, it feels forced. It doesn't sound right at all. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh, evil. I yeah. do love, I do love the GTH. Mm-hmm. That move, that move is awesome. But yeah, he's the only, he's he's the best part of this match, honestly. Oh, absolutely. All right. You actually get a false count anywhere match between the Super Click, Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. Now, you know it's going to be a spot fest. Oh, for sure. I'm going to go with the Super Click. I'm going to say Adam Cole gets the pin. Um, You know, I just don't, I don't know if you really want to bring in Adam Cole. And then have him lose on the first, you know, major pay-per-view match. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's, like, that's really something that'll hold him down. Or, like, you know, kind of kind of draw negative attention towards him. But, yeah, I, I would just rather see Cole come in and lead, you know, lead the super click to a win. I'm I'm kind of tired of the all these teases of a trios belt. We're we're having a lot of trios matches, but yet, and you got people saying we're the best trio in the company. Like, come on, man, let's go ahead and just make give a trios belt out so we can make these matches mean something. The thing that the only thing that makes me upset about this match is I don't know if you saw that concert, the uh, concerto that Adam Cole took last week, but. It feels like Dark is recorded before uh, Dynamite. I can tell because it's like they stutter in commentary, and then also CM Punk kind of gives it away with his face, the way he be looking. <laughs> and I'm just like, Punk doesn't care. Yeah. He, oh, he breaks the fourth wall. Like he 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 does not care. But it's like, okay, so this match happened. If this match happened before, because he fought John Silver on Rampage. But he took a concerto on Wednesday. I'm like, so you had to sell the fact that you took that shot before you actually took that shot. Yeah, I see what you mean. It feels weird. But I'm kind of, that made me excited to see the match when I saw the concerto. I wish they just call it no holes barred or no disqualification instead of just false count anywhere. But you know, with that, that just leads to a whole bunch of spots. Super quick win that one. Here's a match that you might actually be interested in. MJF and Darby Allen. That was the match. For some reason, it slipped my mind. But yeah, dude, this match is going to be freaking amazing. Uh, I love MJF on the mic. Darby Allen sounds, you know, like, like he should sound pretty much. He's in, <laughs> like, like his character. You know, he's a little, little uh, quiet, a little awkward. But that's, you know, who he is. I'm going to say 
I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't go through like the full match card in advance and make okay. my full predictions. So I'm kind of doing it on the fly. Oh, you're good. I'm going to say MJF gets the win. Ah. There's so much there's so much put behind MJF between um shit, what's the guy's name? I know Sean Spears and Wardlow. Wardlow, yeah. Between those two, it's eventually going to lead to, you know, a big turn. Um Darby Allen seems like the kind of guy who can take a loss and it doesn't really matter too much. MJF freaking beat Jericho, what, like four times? Yeah, before Jericho finally beat him. Yeah, yeah that was bullshit. But, <laughs> but yeah, MJF just seems like you want to push everything you got behind him. And then at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, MJF is able to challenge for a world title and get, get the win. I'm going to say MJF wins. This match is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that, honestly. My girl don't believe me, though, because she says Darby Allen wins all the matches that she feel like he wins matches that he shouldn't win. But I believe MGF wins. You finally you get him, though. There's a lot of people that don't get him. I see him as a draw. Dude, and, I love MJF. <laughs> like a lot of people don't get I'm like I'm like MJF is a draw. I was like, how can you say he's a draw? I say he's a heel. His job is to put over the face. He does it very well. But he wins matches when he needs to. And his matches are kind of underrated. Some of his matches are really good. Like, his match with Sammy Guevara was fire. This one right here, the story they're putting together, this match is going to be very good. And it shouldn't be a one-off. Because a lot of MJF shit, it's like a one-off for six months, and then we're finally back around to it. No, let's let this ride out and go on into a revolution. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, I love just like the everything with MJF and his parents. I, I love all of that stuff. It's just amazing. It's different. And you usually don't see stuff like that, but I love how the parents are playing into the, I hope they're playing into the character. Shit. <laughs> I hope it's not like real real stuff going on, but yeah, MJF on the mic, he's amazing. In the ring, I'm not. Okay, I'm bro. not quite there. Yeah, I'm not quite there with you. I'm not gonna say I think he's really great in the ring. He's definitely good. Oh no, I'm not gonna say that he's completely great in the ring. He has potential. I know people don't get his style. It's kind of off paced, but he has those matches where it's like, okay, you want me to show you how athletic I am? I'll do it. And then he'll have those matches where he's like, hey, you're getting chokeholds tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all I know is I can't wait for... I hope this happens. Just give me an hour, right? Just give me an hour of promo work between MJF and CM Punk. Just give me an hour of people, of these guys just going on the mic back and forth. I'll be happy. I can't lie to you. This actually is the perfect thing to go into the next the next match. <laughs> this is a match I feel like nobody should sleep on. I don't know... I don't know the full story. Like, I was reading this Eddie Kingston article that he dropped. And it's a very interesting article. But his his promo battle with CM Punk last week on uh, Rampage. Oh, was, dude, that was oh my fire. God. I'm sitting here like Eddie Kingston is going toe-to-toe with Punk on the mic. And he's holding back no punches. Yeah, like, like you, 
you know me, you know I'm a huge punk fan. But as that promo went on, I was like, damn, punk's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching punk, like, I'm like, this man getting riled up over here. Like, this man's really coming at punk ego. <laughs> that man sitting in front of his face says, I, I know nobody's going to say this. Nobody ever wanted you to come back. We never wanted you in this locker room. I don't know why anybody's scared of you. I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I knew when he picked that fight with Eddie Kingston, though, I'm like, this is going to be a very good promo. Like, when um shit, when uh, Brian Danielson picked a fight with Eddie Kingston and told him, you, you're so good, but you do not put the work in outside the ring. I'm like, dang, bro, why we got to fat shame everybody? You going to fat shame Kevin Owens when he get there? Oh, dude, Kevin Owens kick his ass. I'm like, you gonna um, I'm like dude, no, what, what we shame, need. Man. I hope what we get, um, hopefully whenever uh, John Moxley is able to come back, what we need is a tag match. Like a fucking, like some kind of hardcore tag match between Punk and Brian and Moxley and Kingston. So, that would be just incredible. So Punk and oh my God, that's that's oh, or I'm sorry, Punk and Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you're good, man. I'll be calling him American Dragon, Daniel Brian, Brian Danielson. As long as I don't get a cease and desist letter, sometimes you can't tell the difference. Okay. <laughs> didn't didn't Punk say that on air at one time? Yeah, he was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna call him the American Dragon. <laughs> nah, but this right here, I'm I'm calling an upset. I know it's too early for Punk to lose. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know it's way too early for Punk to lose, but he kind of rubbed me the wrong way on Wednesday when he said, well, you know, I would have been in the, the Eliminator tournament and you could have possibly seen Brian Danielson, but, you know, that's Eddie Kingston's fault. I'm like, yo, bro, that's a cheap way to get this man heat. And this man came out, I, I wish he would have came out there and said, how dare you, you coward. <laughs> you blame me for you not taking the opportunity at gold? Like, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, yo, really? This is what you do? This is how you get people mad at him? Like, well, if you did, if you would have showed up, you would have came out there and and y'all could have had this outing. I'm like, well, the way the way you know Friday went, there was no plans for you to ever be in this tournament. I feel like if you cared about, it, if you really wanted to give us that match instead of keep, you know, just give us a little bit of a tease. If you really wanted to give us that match, you would have knocked on Tony Khan's door and said, put me in. But oh, no, nah. sure, you know he would have done that immediately. Exactly, man. Don't come out there and try to put it on Eddie Kingston on why you're not fighting for gold. Then that promo was that that promo battle on Friday, like that was the fastest way to make a rivalry just to have a one-off match. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah, man. I'm I'm sticking with Punk. I'm gonna say that. See, I'm thinking that Punk's first loss, I think it's gonna be against. I think it's going to be against one of the pillars of AEW. I don't, you know, he already beat Darby. I don't think Jungle Boy will be able to beat CM Punk. I think it's going to be MJF. I think MJF is going to be the first one to beat him. Guevara already got the, he already got the the honor of beating Miro for the first time. So yeah, I think uh, MJF will be the first one to beat Punk and Punk's going to win this match. This is going to be another banger. This whole card, I tell you what, you get, I know we're talking about AEW, but with WWE, you get, you know, all these pay-per-views for what, like 10 bucks a month, five bucks a month. Yeah. I will gladly pay full price for these pay-per-views because I'm so invested in 
the matches, the wrestlers themselves, the storylines. They're doing it right. I would gladly pay full price every single time over, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever for WWE. I like how they spread it out, too. You know, I like how they spread it out. They don't overwhelm you with a whole bunch of pay-per-views. They take time to build the stories. They spread it out. And then they give you like the week. They give you like a special every now and then on AEW. So, yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. So I like it. It's professional wrestling. I'm, I'm loving this. Next match, this this is gonna be a banger, and FTR versus Lucha Bros. That's gonna be a Ooh. banger. Oh man, dude! So many of these matches, man. They're gonna be amazing. Um, I've never been like the biggest fan of tag team wrestling, but I tell you what, man, that uh, Lucha Brothers versus uh, the Young Bucks in the cage. Oh my god, that was my favorite match on that whole card. Um, I think, I think FTR is going to win. Ooh. I do. I love the Lucha Brothers, but just seeing FTR back out there, I don't know. I think it will be an interesting dynamic between FTR being tag champions and hopefully MJF being the world champ soon. I think you could bring them back together again. Maybe he can ditch, uh, Wardlow and Sean Spears. Or they did ship. Who who knows? But yeah, I'm gonna say uh, we get new tag champs. You know, just to keep this short and not go on a rant, that's a conversation for another day when MJF becomes champion. That's a conversation for another day. So you can write that down. We're gonna have to talk <laughs> about that. But just because it's too early, and I love FTR, like I've loved them since NXT days. But it's too early for them to take the belts off of the Lucha Brothers. They've done them wrong since they've been there. They're the best tag team you got that can still go out there and be singles competitors. Like, no offense to the Young Bucks, but if you broke up the Young Bucks today, Nick Jackson would probably be a star. Matt Jackson would probably be a Mick Carter. That's just my, yeah, that's just my opinion. We got the matches to show it, too. Like, it'll be another Hardy Boys situation. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But they've done the Lucha Brothers so wrong and waited too long, and they just, they finally got the belts. It's too early. I would love to see this match happen again and maybe then take the titles off because I can see it happening again because, you know, they're fighting for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, but FTR is also the AAA Tag Team Champions. I'm surprised they haven't just said, okay, title for title match. So don't be surprised if that changes and it becomes a title for title match. But Lucha Bros, it's too early to take the belts off of them. You know, that part of the that part of the whole situation didn't even come to my mind. The fact they just won it. Hey, I but, like their luchador outfits too, man. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, don't you know FTR is the best uh luchador tag team in all of professional wrestling? Oh yeah, on the planet. On the planet, there's no... Hey, they beat the best tag team. <laughs> they beat the best luchador tag team on the planet. So now they're the best luchador tag team on the planet. That's, That's how what they done. say. Yeah, man, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And they did it. They um, did it. That was a... Uh, you just mentioned like a, a dream match. Uh, the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. That match actually happened a couple times. That happened before. I'll send you the YouTube video. Oh, shit. Whoops. Yeah, it happened in Ring of Honor. 
Yeah, I feel bad. I've never really watched Ring of Honor like that. I checked in on it now and then because they got a couple guys I like. But it, it still sucks to see what happened to them. And luckily for them, WWE is just buying and releasing. So, you know, you can build your you can build your roster off of everybody they don't think they can make into a star. Yeah, you really could. You have a very successful roster. Yeah. This is another one. I feel like this is going to feel like a never open weight match. Never open weight matches are just hard hitting, brutal, brutal matches. Miro versus Brian Danielson, World Title Eliminator Finals. Oh my God, that's that's another one, man. Another one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most. When when Brian Danielson uh, debuted, that's one of the matches I was like, oh, that would be a good one. I'm gonna say. You know, you can go first. I got to think about this one. I can't lie to you. You're going to have to hear me out. Um, I'm going with Miro. Oh. I feel like the way this goes, and we'll get to the we'll, we'll get to the end. Matter of fact, I'll explain this to you when we get to the final match. Because the, the outcome of the final match is the reason why I say this. Because this is kind of like an early prediction, but with the way everything's going, like, this, this has to happen. I'm just thinking it has to happen. But, yeah, I'm I'm going with Miro. If any time is the perfect time for Brian to lose his first match, I feel like it is now. I don't think it matters that it's on pay-per-view. His legacy, not the fact that he's in AEW and he's fresh, his legacy permits him to lose this match, and he's still the GOAT in many people's eyes. He can take an L. He's still going to reach championship glory one day. But, yeah... I'm going to tell you when we get to the final match why I, why I feel like, you know, he's taking the L in this pay-per-view. But that's my pick. You know what? You know what? I'm going to say Miro, too. I have, actually, I just just now came up with my own theory. So I'll say my theory when we get to the main event as well. All right. Um, unfortunately, and I feel bad because women's wrestling has come so far, and I love Tay Conti. She's a beautiful woman, and I love the fact that she's a BJJ specialist, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But, I mean, come on, man. It's Britt Baker. And I know I said that she's overrated. She can't put on a match, uh, like an excellent match with everyone, but let's go ahead and make way for Thunder Rosa. Uh, let's just go ahead and make way for another classic with Thunder Rosa. Tay Conti and Britt Baker, I feel like that match would be subpar at best. I don't I don't think it's going to be that great, but, you know, Britt Baker, she's winning this. She, she's retaining. You could basically copy and paste what you just said for me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love Britt Baker, DM, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She didn't get this win. Too? <laughs> I did. I did. You, you uh, can't, you can't not. Hey, Jamie Hayter don't do it, bro, but she ain't got to. Jamie Hayter a beast. Oh, yeah, man. I've always noticed that. They they pointed that out before, and then I think now they're just it's just a thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she's gonna retain, move on. Yeah, it's gonna be a Thunder Rosa match, or I'm just saying, Ember Moon got released from WWE. Ooh boy! If you want a fucking match, <laughs> now how would Ruby Riot feel about that? Ember Moon just stepped in and just took a time. Well, she already had her chance, so yeah. You got a point. Yeah, it could be, could be Ember Moon. It could be, it could be Ember Moon fighting for the title. It could be her against Ruby Soho, in a 
you know, future number one contenders match could be Ender, Ember Moon versus Thunder Rosa. So many potential bangers. And I, I'll keep on mentioning this until it happens. But WWE needs to release Asuka. I don't, I, I don't know if she's injured right now. I think she's or, still injured. Okay, well, once she comes back healthy, let her go. Let her come to AEW. Asuka versus Thunder Rosa. That's all I need. That's going to be something. All right, we're down to the main event. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. I love Kenny Omega, but I can't lie to you. He seems a little bit tired. He, he's, I know his title reign isn't getting much respect, but it's only, in all fairness, he doesn't have the Kazuchika Okada's or the Kota Ibushi's, Tetsuya Naito's, Zack Sabre Jr., even though he got Brian Danielson. All these guys that came that can put on these stellar five-star, six-star classics just got here towards the end of his reign. And I feel like if he gets a break, and he can come back in a little while. Because he's been working his ass off. He had all the belts. He was the belt collector. So he's been working his ass off for the past year and some change. But <clears throat> just when it comes to this match, I don't know if you've seen their match. Uh, I can't remember the pay-per-view. I believe it was Full Gear last year, tight, uh, Title Eliminator. Somebody's going to quote me if I'm wrong. But Hangman Page and Kenny Omega's last match, it was a Tag Team Eliminator Finals. Not Tag Team, but... World title eliminator finals. That was a banger. That was a real banger right there. So this match is perfect to end the show. But the story has been Hangman finally overcoming the elite, finally standing on his own and becoming a world champion, a, a underdog story. He's a guy that everybody loves. Drink beer, kick ass, keep it moving. But, so you already know I'm going with this. I've I've told you this in advance. This, this has to happen, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't see any other way that this works. Because if you if you switch the plans and you try to do this again, I don't think the fans will take to it. So now's the time to pull the trigger. Let Omega get some rest. And put the title on Hangman. He's perfect for the future because AEW's trying to go... They keep trying to elevate and change directions. He's young. He's, he's not even 30 yet, if I'm correct. So he's going to be the, one of the youngest champions we've had. And he has a lot of contenders. You're talking about, yeah, he got Brian, he got Cole, <laughs> Malachi just got there, and then you got more people on the way. Bobby Fish will be a nice contender. They got multiple guys, like so they can create one of the greatest title runs that they want to out of him alone. They got all this talent now to do it with. Now, when it comes to the, t to the uh, world title eliminator, I'd rather for Brian to lose to Miro than lose his first match against Hangman Page in a title match. Because let's be honest here. If we put Danielson versus Page, do you really think people are going to believe that Page can beat Danielson? First try? Hell no. And this is an unleashed, this is an unleashed version of him. Like He's wrestling his style the way he want to do it. Nobody can tell him how to wrestle. Yada, yada, yada. However, if we had the Hangman Page in the and the uh, Ghostbusters outfit, the <laughs> <laughs> crap, what was his name? The the Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Now that man could whoop up Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. You sure about uh -oh. that? No, not at all. 
Uh, but that that's my reason. Now is the perfect time for him to lose. Miro will make a good first contender because he can take a loss. So he'll make a good first contender because he'll be a challenger that he really has to overcome. Like, it won't be an easy road. You you create this situation with Brian Danielson and Hangman. Yeah, you're going to get a split crowd, but, I mean, I wouldn't believe, not in his first try. Maybe if he lost to Brian like the first time, like I feel like then yeah, there's a situation of it's too early for him to lose the belt. It's yeah, it's you too, got a point. Yeah, it'll be way too early for him to lose the belt. It'll be a weird situation. Like, how would you book that? Who's gonna get over? Why will we build up? Why will we build this story for all these years of Hangman just for him to win the title and then lose it the next pay per view? So no, this is the perfect time for him to to. To take that loss. Lose it to Miro in a hard-fought match. I can definitely see it. I feel like that's the more realistic option that they're going to go. Especially since you would have, you know, Miro and Hangman on, you know, fighting for the title. And then you could also go back to Danielson and Omega and not have to worry about the title being on the line there. They could just beat the shit out of each other for a couple of months. But uh, my theory is actually a little different. So... Like I said, I just came up with this on the fly, so there might be plot holes in it. <laughs> I'm saying, remember when earlier you said you had a couple upsets? Yeah. I thought this was one of them. This is the one that I, I was like, oh, I think I know what one of them is. I thought you were going to say Kenny Omega retains. That's what I'm going with. So Miro wins the number one contenders match. Challenges Kenny Omega. All right. However. Kenny sees that this man is a fucking badass and I'm going to need some fucking help. So he gets the super click to attack. And, you know, the odds are going to be a little bit against against Miro. And that's when we see the House of Black. Malachi, Andrade, and Miro. And then eventually they take on Maybe they have one more person in the group. Maybe it's Bray Wyatt. Who knows? And then it's them against the Elite. We still have, we'll still have like the title match going on. But at the same time, we can have a, you know, a three-on-three match. Malachi, Andrade, and, you know, whoever else is in the group against the Super Click. And then just like that, you have another, if you do decide to bring in the trio's title, you have another group that who can wrestle for the titles. You're really, you're really fascinated by the idea of Andrade and and Malachi having a having a faction together, dude. I really am. I love. I was really hoping, like I messaged this to you. I was really hoping that after the Malik or the uh, Andrade Pac match, I think it was on Dynamite. Um, when Malachi came down, I thought those three were gonna form the House of Black. I thought that was it right there. I was going to be so excited. But, you know, then they attack Pac. It definitely looks like Malachi and Andrade are on the same page. Yeah, so I'm just, saying, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if they add Miro, I mean, Miro doesn't really need them. But if he's against the entire, all the elite, I'm just saying. Why would he turn down help in the form of Malachi and Andrade? That would be an incredible, incredible uh, 
stable. And then you still have the question marks about when's Bray Wyatt going to debut? Is, is he actually coming? You know, you have all these questions. Subtle little posts on Twitter from Bray, but, you know, nothing's really concrete yet. Yeah. So any kind of debut, this is a big show. So, I mean, we could have, maybe he does debut in the mat. And, uh, you know, at some point in the uh, in the show, but I'm not really sure exactly where he'd fit. Okay. Oh yeah, well, just we'll... fantasy booking here. Fantasy booking. Hey, we need more of that, man. Like we take wrestling a little bit too literal. I know I got my hypocritical page. Seriously, it's just wrestling, but we need more fantasy booking. You know, keep the mind open because we we don't we really don't know what direction this company is going, but. We're going to end off at that. Like, I, I see what you mean, though. That was a very interesting thing. I'm sitting here like, I, 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 you caught me with Kenny Omega, but then we explained that whole fantasy bookie situation. I'm like, oh, this sounds like Triple H versus Sting when DX and NWO had their thing, but better. Oh, fuck, I'm better. <laughs> oh, man. Back to football, buddy. We're close to the wrap-up. We got fight or flight. Mic drop, and also, I got some. Uh, I got some interesting news. I I was gonna say the same thing. I think it's the same the same news. Yeah, Odell Beckham. Yep. Yeah, yeah pro man. Now if we can get Aaron Rodgers to get his shit together. <laughs> <laughs> we can get him to get his shit together, man. Hold him down. Do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> hold, hold him down. <laughs> Oh, wait, they're coming out with a pill, too. So, you know, just spike his drink. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that shit on the podcast. <laughs> oh, we'll never know if it actually happens. Yeah, it's true. True. Yeah, we'll never know. He might just wake up and feel vaccinated one day. <laughs> feel vaccinated? <laughs> How does one feel vaccinated? <laughs> I don't know. He'll let us know. It's Aaron, Rod- bro. We don't know what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers this year. Like he, he might, he might tell you that at the next press conference. I feel vaccinated. I feel lovely. Like, <laughs> oh man. All right, Josh, I got fight or flight for you. Do you? How many you got this week? I got three. Oh uh, yeah, I got three as well. All right. You, you. I hope you don't get mad at this last one, dog. <laughs> oh no. It's not that bad. It's just it's the direction that they're going, and I hope I don't have to go on a rant. But right. I'm gonna go first. All right, fight or flight. Russell Wilson leads the Seahawks to an upset win over the Packers in his return. Fight. Um, I picked Green Bay in that game with the expectation that Rodgers will play. Uh, but first of all, if it's Jordan Love. If it's Jordan Love, then Seattle's winning that game straight up. But I do feel like even if Rodgers does return, I I feel like there's a chance. You know, there's too much talent between DK and Tyler Lockett. Russ, like they they gotta get on the same page at some point, right? Yeah. We just saw Tyler Lockett have an incredible game with Geno Smith. It was like 140 yards. So like Seattle as a whole unit. Has been looking a lot better. I definitely feel like it's possible. Okay. All right. Uh, fight or flight. 
Zach Wilson gets his job back from Mike White when he returns. No. Flight. <laughs> Flight. This man is already on pace to return. They're saying we're going to start Mike White. That's, that's the end of that right there. Unless something changes, <laughs> right now they said Zach Wilson is on pace to return. We're still starting Mike White. Next question. <laughs> that, that's what they're saying. Flight. And you know what? Flight's on sale right now for Delta, you know, $39. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Flight. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a cheap one, too, boy. It's funny. I got a Mike White question for you, too. Flight or Flight. Mike White upsets the Buffalo Bills with another 400-yard, 3-TD performance. <laughs> okay, so we got to define upset here. I can see Win those by seven. stats happening. <laughs> Went by seven. Flight, flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you mean that they hurt, hurt the Bills' feelings? Is that how they yeah. upset the Bills? Oh no, he pulls like, off. Like, oh man, I feel the Bills are like, man, we feel a little disrespected. Mike White coming out of throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns. No, like, I can see the stats happening, but no, they're not going to win this game. Buffalo, Buffalo just lost to Jacksonville, but they ain't a bad team. They're still a great team. They ain't going to lose back to back to the Jaguars and the, the Jets and the Jets. Yeah, Jets and the Jags. Ain't no way. Uh, fight or flight. This one's for you, buddy. The Falcons sneak into the playoffs. I went to the doctor again. Told him to check my eye prescription. <laughs> At 10 to 7, looking a little bit clearer now. Just, just a little bit clearer, especially we beat the Saints. Yeah, it's improved, man. You know, I've been eating carrots, eating more vegetables, you know. You know, I haven't been, you know, just dreaming about this 10 and 7. It hasn't been haunting my nightmares. My dream feels a little bit cold, and here comes Matty Ice. But let's be completely honest, not to distract, not to go away from the question. The best Falcon right now is the kicker. <laughs> let's be – no, he's pulling with – who was the famous kicker for Tom Brady? I had a – I've been having a brain fart. Who was Benitary? the kicker now? Yeah, Vinatieri? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we have that situation right now. Just come in there and win the game for us. <laughs> yeah. Like, that he's winning. He's kind of, I feel like the Falcons are win by any means necessary mode. But, yeah, I feel like we're going to sneak in. I feel like, hell, we're going to beat the, we're going to beat Carolina a second time. I'm not worried about that. We're probably going to beat the Saints again. I, I don't believe in them, even with a good defense. I don't believe in the Saints this year. So, we're probably going to beat them again. Yes, I feel like we can sneak in. Who do we got Kansas City on our schedule too? Because if we do, we're gonna beat them too. <laughs> they get, suck. A little, get a little cocky there. Oh, it's not. Damn. Have you seen Kansas City? Mike White uh, may be a legend if he played them. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not on the schedule. However, oh. Detroit is on the schedule. Detroit. The day, the day after Christmas, and I stole a Christmas present for you. Oh no! See, we gotta beat them. So they gotta win a game before they play us. <laughs> they and then have the week, to win a game. <laughs> and then the week after that, you guys travel to Buffalo in the middle of December or in the beginning of January. So nice and snowy for you there. Uh, you know, I mean, if if Falcons did upset the Bills, 
I mean, hell, we got a chance of upsetting the Cowboys right now, dog. Yeah, yeah. We got a, a very small chance. I found out Michael Gallup coming back, so I was like, that chance just got a little bit smaller. Hey, man, Michael Gallup could be looking across the field at his future team. Hey. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll tell you this right now. I read the mock draft for the Falcons. Kenneth Walker, the third in the second round. I want him to come to Atlanta. I want that running back. <laughs> oh, yes. But, yeah, we, we fighting, dog. I don't know what it is. The spirit. Cordell Patterson came out after uh, the game. He came out after a game and said, we got to stop giving fans heart attacks. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what it is. This team, it feels different. We we feel like it feels like we're playing upset maker, but now we could be a playoff team. And you know, I feel like we can see that. So fight. Definitely. We fighting. We're in the playoffs right now. If it, if the if the league was over right now, if the season was over, we're already being there. So yeah, definitely fight. Fight, fight, fight. Ask me that question again in like three weeks. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> oh yeah, this one's gonna this one's gonna ruffle your feathers. <laughs> This was going to ruffle your feathers, and I'm sorry. I'm not doing this intentionally. I know you've, you've ranted twice. I know, <laughs> I know you've right. ranted twice. I'm going to say this before we begin, before I say this, because the sun is coming down, big fella. We're at the home stretch. The sun is coming down. <laughs> okay. Fight or flight. After this season, Cooper Cup will be better than Calvin Johnson. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That's a flight. I'm about to say, I'm on Expedia right now if you need some prices. <laughs> I thought you... Wait, you didn't... I thought you were... I thought you were buying that one. What? You talking hey. about Delta? <laughs> Cooper Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup. Oh, no, I'm not buying it. I'm asking you the question. <laughs> okay, what? Did somebody, somebody mention it? It's the direction that we're going. He already has 1,000 yards. Okay, he's not going to be better than Calvin Johnson. He might break Calvin Johnson's record. He definitely could, especially since we have an extra game this season, and him and Stafford look like they're clicking. They're super clicking. <laughs> bay bay. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he can break his record. It's definitely possible. But as an overall player. Not quite there yet. I love Cooper Cup. He's a fantastic receiver. One of the best in the NFL. But we're talking Megatron. We're talking Calvin Johnson. No, he's not better than Calvin Johnson. Flight. Like I said, I got probably, You want me to send you the link? You know, it's for Delta, $39. <laughs> I ain't paying $39. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't paying $39 for a plane ticket where I got nowhere to go. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can go out and hold a sign up at Calvin Johnson house. Be like, we got to stop this now. Come back for one more season. Uh, a slot say, receiver is going to be considered better than you. <laughs> he ain't even a slot receiver, though. That's the thing. Like, he's, he's a big dude. Cooper Cup? I think he's 6'2". Wait, he is? Like, yeah. He looks so small on TV, man. I thought TV make you look bigger. <laughs> nah, he's 6'2". I think he's... I'm not sure about what his weight is, but 
it's a whole it's a whole stereotypical thing. You see a white receiver, you think Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, you think he's a little slot receiver, but nah. He's he's not as big as someone like Eric Decker was when he played, but yeah, he's he got good size. Oh damn. Pause. Well, take my credit card and call me Big the Stallion. I know you don't know what that means, but it's all right. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's gonna hear this and get offended. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, yeah, I need to reevaluate my eyes. Yeah, got see now I gotta go back now. <laughs> thank you, thank you though for educating me on that because I'm sitting here and I'm like, this guy looks small. This man is six two. Jesus Christ. All right, man, we'll we'll probably. I don't know that debate ain't happening right now, but maybe in a couple of years, you know, they they're gonna try it. I'm sorry, they're gonna try it. Hey man, could be, could be. Um, when you go get your eyes checked for Cooper Cup next week, let us know what they say about Atlanta. Oh 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 no! Nah, I told you, ask me in three weeks, man. <laughs> okay, you'll <laughs> you'll hang on to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ask me in three weeks. All right, uh, I got my last one here. Fight or flight. This one's for Jason, but uh. Fight or flight, Patriots win the AFC West or AFC uh, East. Absolutely not. Sneak into the playoffs, yes. That's one thing people should not want. Belichick back in the playoffs. That's scary. Even with Mac Jones. It's scary because it's Belichick. But no. Buffalo gonna get their shit together. This is Josh Allen's division until otherwise. Until we start cooking mac and cheese. <laughs> no. I just I just want to throw out there, man. <laughs> flight. Buffalo is five and three. New England is five and four. I know, right? They're right on, right on their heels, man. Have they played each other yet? Um, I was just looking for that. They have not. In they will play each other twice in December. Oh no! Okay. The the Patriots have the Bills, uh, first week in December. Then they have a bye. Then they got your Colts, and then they're back against the Bills. So, yep, we got to revisit this in December. And then I just want to throw this out there too. Patriots final two games should be easy wins. They're at home against the Jaguars and then they're at the Miami Dolphins. Man, look here. The way the Bills are playing, we don't know if it's going to be easy. That word of should be, yes. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We don't know. They they just lost to the Jags and Josh Allen got dominated by a man that has the same name as him. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. Oh, before we actually end this show, I always, you know, like to throw out there. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, FOE Podcast, FOE Pod, if you want to look us up. Then on Twitter, you can follow me, The Daily FOE, and you can follow Josh, J underscore whole 34. Once again, I'm going to repeat that for you. Facebook, FOE Pod, FOE Podcast. Twitter, The Daily FOE, and you can follow Josh, the real Josh H, at J underscore whole. We're about to do a mic drop. Yeah, listen, because you might miss it, and you might just end up, end up hearing me saying thank you, bye-bye. Noam Bar, Noam Dar, <laughs> please don't sue me. Please don't. I'm going to switch it up and go to Tommaso Chamba class dismiss eventually. I just have to wait till nobody's here, and I can throw a chair. <laughs> you got to do it when people are here. It makes it more exciting. Oh, no, because then they're going to hear my mom coming here, and then she's going to be infamous on this podcast. They're going to be like, when your mom come back on, they yell at you. Hey, man. Hey, man, whatever helps. You know what? You're right. As long as we're not making blood money, we can do whatever we want. WWE did it. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> yeah, what's up, steroids? We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. 
Vince should have never did that. That's why he looked like that now. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go first because my mic drop's not that crazy. Despite how bad they've been looking the last few weeks, and they've they've been really disappointing. The Minnesota Vikings will still make the playoffs. Ooh. You know how we've been looking at uh MVP candidates? Yep. You know how we've looked at Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and uh well, Derrick Henry kinda out the fold now. He's gonna be gone too long. <clears throat> but you catch my drift. At the end of the season, your MVP will be Tom Brady. Thank you. Bye-bye.